Dylan, how are you, man? I'm well, man. Uh, very well. I've got no complaints. And I, I can't tell you how much I really, really appreciate you doing this. This has um, really come out of left field and because we have this kind of six degrees of separation in terms of how we now know each other, which is um, yeah. it's wild. So I really, I really appreciate it because it's not, you know, like there's, there's a bit involved and it's time consuming and you don't know me and I, yeah, I'm very grateful. Yeah, no, it's... It's good to meet you. Yeah, likewise. Likewise, I'm a fan. I'm a big fan. Um, I think I was telling you when we had our pre-podcast podcast earlier, t- earlier today. Yeah. Um, I, I had seen you in a bunch of things and I, I, I was, the most recent was I Am The Night. And, and my wife and I were chilled to the bone by your performance and we're like... <laughs> And then, and then my, my wife's sitting there going, I think this is the dude that's married to my cousin's best friend from high school or something. And I was like, what? You know, like, and apparently he's like the nicest dude on the planet. And, and, and you know, as an actor, I'm sitting there going, isn't it just so, it's a trip, you know, like when you, like to find out that that person is like, how is it that they're pulling off? Like you're like, it's terrifying in that show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think there's any question of just, and I was like, oh, I can kind of see, nah, you're, you're stone cold merciless in that, in, in that show. And whenever you come onto the screen, you're like, fuck. <sighs> yeah. Right. Like, and that, how did, how did that all happen? Um, yeah, it's a weird one that, you know, I've been cast, um, I, I kind of uh, a villain seems to be the way my career has gone <laughs> in different countries actually but um, that was one uh, my manager in LA got me an audition for it um, kudos to him to get me in the room to be honest I think a big part of it was the fact that it was Patty Jenkins so the first big A-list was covered and Patty wasn't just sort of at that time and maybe still today considered certainly the if not one of the most powerful directors the most sought after director in Hollywood because of her success on Wonder Woman right but she she because she was a a female uh, you know a female director and that's still such a novelty in Hollywood in many respects and because furthermore because she did this kick-ass sort of action superhero movie which mm. women sort of certainly weren't known for she was a bit of a celebrity so I think she covered a certain amount of the A-list celebrity status and then of course getting Chris Pine and her and Chris have a production company now together right um, so they're kind of in collusion and um, so then they had a, a, a movie star in their limited edition show. So in many ways, I think that gave passage to casting, being able to open up uh, and look for people that weren't as well known. Um, right, because they had they had and, faith in them, and they and they were like, well, if if you think that that guy's the guy, then we're behind you, sort of thing. Yeah, and they know they can tag any promo if they need to with from the director of Wonder Woman <laughs> right 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 starring Chris Pine you know um, and I you know you one would imagine to a certain degree depending on how 
you know what the pressures are and what people are trying to make you would hope in many respects that a lot of directors are looking to cast fairly unrecognizable faces because they want you to disappear yeah. into the character they're trying to convince mm-hmm. you of etc um, but anyway yeah no I got an audition for that and thought I did a really good audition um, and it was for uh, it was for the the kind of the rough cop the nasty cop. Oh, the the um the dude who used to be in Seinfeld and what have you. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's popping up everywhere. He's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's terrific. Um and then Patty was like, No, I think No, first I auditioned for uh sorry, first I auditioned for um Chris Pine's best friend, the yeah. former co war vet, who's yeah. a really great actor as well. Um, then she was like, no, nah, I think we're going to go somewhere different with this. We're going to go with the evil cop. And it was like, uh, I think you're more evil than that. <laughs> so, so then it was like the completely deranged psychopathic artist. Um, and that's when it was quite instantly, she was quite, yeah, yeah, that's the perfect fit. Face to function and... Yeah, and then got that, and that was definitely one of the biggest breaks I'd had before this. Um, and it was like, you know, it was the dream job insofar as you got to go shoot in L.A., you got to shoot on 35 mil, you got to shoot. It's about L.A., it's film. Mm. Um, I think what was difficult a little bit for me is the character was, I think, a rough sketch in their head, and they didn't know how much he would or wouldn't play. Okay. And in fact, the studio ended up wanting to know more, which I think wasn't really Patty's original idea or the the creator's original idea. Um, that it was, I felt like my role was well, once I got to LA and started to to figure out more about it, the part. I felt like I was supposed to be the kind of man in the shadows, mm-hmm. a bit mm-hmm. of a film noir concept, mm-hmm. the creep, and you're always seen from somebody else's perspective. Right. You never really find out about who this guy is. But I think the studio ended up putting some pressure on them um, in the reshoots uh, that we, we actually want. So a lot of the reshoots were me, and they were filling out little moments to try to learn a little more about why this guy would do what he does, which I took as a compliment that, that on some... A hundred percent. They were yeah. trying to bury me in this, <laughs> um, you always fear. Um, and it was, it was uh, yeah, it was a really, it was, a, it, was, it, was, it was challenging in a way because it's, I've got a lot of parts like that in the sense where you know, they go, wow, great charisma, great uh, presence, great face, great face, great face. Um, and then they know I've got the experience to work on big movies and that they won't have to worry about me and all that stuff, which mm-hmm. which does come into it. Um, but somehow, you know, uh, I knew that what they, on some level, what they wanted to see was the mask of this guy. They, mm-hmm. they want to see evil. There's evil. Um, and so that for me was a lot of my prep um, was just 
trying to understand how to present evil. It wasn't like, is that guy or isn't he? Maybe mm-hmm. he's a nice guy. It was like, no, that guy's bad. Right. And, and <laughs> yeah. mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Yeah. I mean, from the second that you walk, that you see for the first time, you're like, like I said, like I said, it's just in droves. Yeah. There's, there's no ambiguity there at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which it's is weird. I mean, you, you can't help your face. That's what kills me. <laughs> it's sort of like, damn. I mean, to be fair, I had said, you know, since, since the first impression is the most important and you want to convey that story right off the bat, then, you know, can we do something? Can we do some teeth? Can we do some mm-hmm. something that's just kind of like uncomfortable and off? And actually they responded with that by putting those pock marks on my face. Ah, which okay. Just, which were just gold. They were that, so quiet. They, they were so subtle. Ab- absolutely I mean, are. I mean, that is one. It isn't. God, and and I feel bad for people. Yes, that, exactly. that have so them because that is the feeling that it evokes is a, is a, is an uneasiness. Yeah and, yeah, and it's like this dude's been like in the basement, beat up by his mum, like all something, you know, you know, and he's just oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and look we, when we spoke before, you know, I this is a rare opportunity to to, to ask millions of questions and 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 of, and I'm and I'll be walking that balance of, of making it conversational, but um, and of course, like I like, so I'm going to ask you what's it like to work with Chris Pine, and of course, you're not going to turn around if it was and say oh, I was a total prick, you know. But <laughs> but but you know, he's, I'm a big big fan of his too, and 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 have watched him over the years as well. I imagine that would I would imagine that was a treat to work with him too. It was actually because. Um because I'm a big fan of Chris Pine and I had seen uh, Hell or High Water a little while before and I just loved the film and I Incredible. was really I was really impressed with I think that was his, and I think that's a seminal film in his, in the trajectory of his career like I think I agree I, th- I think it's something he's tried to he's trying to get back to like he went on to do that other film with that same Scottish director um uh, the, the period film in, in Scotland about uh, oh yeah the um, Last King is it yeah the Last King yeah, yeah 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 great I thought that was a great film too I haven't seen it yet yeah actually, to be honest uh, <laughs> having a two year old that's my changes you know, things yeah yeah, yeah yeah perpetual excuse haven't seen <laughs> but um, but no I yeah so I'd seen that and I thought he made really sophisticated choices about how to shift from a very uh, a very kind of dignified middle class kind of fairly erudite um, pretty boy to a kind of uh, you know a proper blue collar southerner and um, I think we all have Heath Ledger to thank for Brokeback Mountain showing about sometimes it's just a kind of just quiet everything mm-hmm. you know disappear there's it don't do it in flash do it in subtraction yeah i mean it's a it's a masterclass in subtlety isn't it you know yeah, yeah and exactly. and I've, I've watched some really great breakdowns of his performance even from dialect and vocal coaches saying just you know even the the, the tightness in his jaw which helps like infect everything that he does shows you this 
this this bundled up like tight person who doesn't very rarely lets anything out so that when he does you know that that why i can't i quit you scene is i mean it breaks your heart like Mm. yeah 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 it really does yeah Um, so yeah chris had done that so and this you know this i thought this was a great role for chris because um it was just kind of it was fast and it was sexy and it was it, it had integrity and you had to believe he cared and i thought the challenges were to for him to appear you know uh, a victim of PTSD you know he, he's an early case of PTSD mm, mm. he's a, he's addiction he's and those aren't colors people give Chris leading man Captain Kirk mm-hmm. they, you know they give him that stuff um, but uh, so that was so that was really cool and then working with him what what I was really blown away by was he was very very present He's very instinctual. He's he trusts himself to be alive, uh, right there. Um, he's he, he in a way he gets out of his own way. So he actually he trusts his own charisma, and he trusts <laughs> himself. And and I think you know he's fast. He's very smart. He's he's very interested. He's curious. Um, and I think it's an opportunity to practice kind of, you know, hold on tight, let go quickly, um, a kind of speed, the, the same way that Robert Downey Jr. just can fly through stuff just trippingly. Mm. Um, I think it was a chance. It was very cool to watch Chris just kind of move like he was really fast and it's nice when somebody plays something strong and if you're trying to play something strong and you start to see that rhythmically you guys are in two very different places and that's kind of very exciting because because then it's two really different people in the room and and how you meet becomes quite you know easy to work off of i can use yeah yeah and i mean yeah and that's showcased so well in the 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 space between you as you slowly and slowly get closer and closer as each episode goes by and if memory serves me correctly you there's an art gallery sort of scene where you're trailing him through there are you not is that and then you you guys now you have to forgive me because I've actually my memory is telling me that you do in the end well I don't want maybe I shouldn't give away spoilers for people about about what happens but it just it really does crescendo right like between the two of you yeah 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 Yeah, it really does crescendo um yeah and everything everything about that film um about that show was uh there was a lot to learn and it, it was also I mean, it's always interesting in a way because you think, oh, I'm going to go and I'm going to learn a lot. But actually what happened, you know, the truth is they want you to show up because they believe you're a master of your craft on some level. And they don't have time to teach. teach. They don't want to think of you as somebody that they have to teach, you know. And so in many ways, it was an affirmation of like, 
okay, yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like every project on some level has been, because of all the time that passes in between projects, and unless you have a clear trajectory towards stardom and it's very clear you're becoming that person, um, it, it's, it, you know, it, it's, you, you can't, I can't, I've constantly found myself sort of having, rediscovering, oh yeah, you know what you're doing. Oh yeah. Okay, great. Just get out. Like mm -hmm. you see it in their reflection and that, and that kind of lets you out. So it's weird. Like on, on one level, you know, the, the things I would have, I, I learned from Chris is, you know, in that type of role, speed and throwaway and and whatever your prep is, be ready when that when they say action to go and make sure that you've been cleared with the director that when we say action again on the same scene, it's going to be a bit different because I don't quite know what's going to happen because mm -hmm. that's the place I need to be to be in that leading role, that slightly edgy, mm -hmm. you know, but I, I'm driving, I'm driving the story, driving the story. So I've got to, I, I've got to be that fast. Um, so I learned a lot from that. And, and I think the fact that, that generally people felt my performance was a success made me think that there is something about understanding the, and, and I wish a little more on that. I'd asked sort of what the look of shots were. It's, I think it was just the production was a bit bigger than me. Mm -hmm. Everybody was a bit bigger and I didn't feel like stealing that kind of time. Right, you just do um, do what's, yep, I'm going to be here and this is it and then and yeah. work inside that, yeah. Yeah, but but I mean, if you if you start to understand that you you are an image, mm -hmm. you're trying to paint mm -hmm. a picture yep. of, and that guy's supposed to be that. Then in that sense, I think it's probably useful to say, can I see the shot? Because I might be able to help about where my eyes are. Because we're literally trying to establish something, and because um, that's quite tricky for directors in that space, isn't it? Too as to who do I spend the time looking back at shots? Because it's kind of a a no-no sometimes too isn't it to show an actor their shots because maybe they're, they're not up for seeing that shot in terms of their own in yeah. insecurities if they can't see the bigger picture like a director can and what have you but yeah, but I myself yeah. in in my small space here having um, in my limited experience I and because I am a photographer I really act from a place of composition as opposed to um like I love to know what's going to happen inside that frame so I can tune it to the best of my ability. Yeah, 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 for sure. And I mean, I guess that's, again, where you trust a director on some level. I, if I'm not doing something right for the shot... You want to know about like, it, yeah. You're, you're, not, you're not quite understanding that we're shooting this kind of low and, and very arch then you know and you you might kind of recognize i mean certainly you would as a photographer recognize based on the lens size and the position of the camera what kind of shot we're dealing with and 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 i guess what becomes difficult sometimes is when they try to translate the you know really what they want to say is just be still because this <laughs> is this is just on you and then they you know they translate that into language that isn't necessarily 
helpful. Right. Want to see. Just show me the picture. Okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They use all, um, the, all the nomenclature and you're like, can I just see the fucking thing? And then I'll... <laughs> and then I know because I am also the audience and, and yeah. And, and also, it's yeah. too, it's when you're, you're... I imagine I have never worked on a TV show, but, but when it's so... Especially something that's... I mean, the amount of hours that you would have filmed over, over an extended period of time there's that thing that comes in too of course the editing and and the journey that the audience is on so that when that shot lands you don't ha- maybe you don't actually have to be doing a single thing just like like you know when you see you in the car watching them and 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 that the, the the work that they've done with you like as you said with the um prosthesis or prosthetics sorry um like job done right like you just have to burn holes in your target and that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah that's that's definitely yeah, been. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think I think that's really important. I mean, I worked on the you know on my mask uh, a lot in terms of I I don't know. I ended up finding myself looking at Mike Tyson before pre-fight. I'm not a big boxing fan, but I, I remember. I don't know if it had been in recent times at that point, but. Somehow I found myself looking at Tyson in interviews at the peak of his career, but pre-match when the announcers sort of explaining to them, you know, no low, no low shots, da 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 da, and just watching Tyson look at somebody, and I was, and he was like the scariest. That is the scariest look, and you just know if that person looks over at you and looks irritated at you. Uh, dare I say angry at you with that kind of a look you're going to shit your pants you're just going to you know (laughs) you you lose it and so that was my thing of kind of going what makes what is a violent look how do you look at evil how do you look at a violent act and relish it like relish the you know because he has that speech at some point where he's saying to the girl what he's going to do and, mm. and he relishes it because he's an artist mm-hmm. and and so it's not just about murdering it's about creating something and so you've got to fall in love with um, the art the art of it mm-hmm. and also I, I i i yeah and i guess that was cool to me that we were actually you know i'd grown up watching seeing a lot of surrealist art and knew a bit knew a fair bit about it i grew up in a very kind of art heavy family and but i had no idea it wasn't until my wife said she had seen an exhibit in london that was a reappropriation of surrealist art by feminist artists that i started to see that the surrealists were not just misogynistic they were on the brink of violent towards women right yeah Yeah, that's Um, so um so in a way i felt like you know my job isn't to play a misogynist it's Mm -hmm. or a a rapist it's in fact that's left to some of the other characters my character you know um I mean, he probably wouldn't do it to another guy because it's about women and literally dismembering them to create art. And, you know, how do you... Because that is just so, so far out there, you've got to find an in. Right, right. Yeah, the the simplistic specificity of that 
that that that objective. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess that's one of the things that we all I imagine um, when you first, you know, that 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 lesson as you go through learning acting is to not to lean into the stereotype of of the baddie or the goodie or or what have you, and um, let the world that's been set up around you accommodate whatever it is that you're doing, um, mm. and you have to find that um, that synergy between the two. Um, I've always been a big fan of and learnt a lot from the. Um, inside the actor's studio uh, not just not just the conversations that that the guests in Lipton have but also the questions that come afterwards um and this is not a bad segue but one of the ones that really stuck with me the most um was Tom Cruise talking about preparation and it was interesting because Tom Cruise you know he can be quite um a little bit like Leonardo DiCaprio in that sense. He's very giving and everything, but he'll keep a certain cutoff as to what he's going to share about technique and things like that because for, for whatever reason, but he shared this little pearl about, you know, if, you, if you've if you done your prep and everything's like, the, the you know, the writing is great and it's all happening and, and you were talking about this before about freedom on the day when you get there if all of your prep is right and it's in your cells and you're ready to go and the scene you know is a really teary scene you maybe you don't cry but if your prep is right whatever comes out is the right choice for for that moment and I, and i found that to be very empowering because when you're when you're starting out you know if the subtext or the not the subtext the the action says and then he cries you're you know, you've got this big build-up of as a, as an amateur. I've got to fucking cry in this scene, and I I, I found that to be very um, helpful. Um, and and so, the segue that I'm talking about is you worked on the Mummy. Yeah, with Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. with Tom Cruise. Yeah, and you're in yeah. the you're in the airplane. You're a pilot. That famous scene that that <laughs> was was the big big part of their publicity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Tom called it, actually, or TC, as we were told to refer to <laughs> Really? TC. No, well, you know, that he would be referred to as TC over the radio or something because, you know, they never know who's decided to Listen in. spyware on mm-hmm. the audios of the of the AD department. Um, but, yeah, we I met him... Uh, I, I met him in the cockpit. We we were brought in, sat in the cockpit, and then he came in, and it was hilarious. Actually, the the other guy in the cockpit, I did another movie with called um, Spectral. Oh, that great act, film! The, great film. Yeah, that that actor um, was on Spectral and was let go because for no other reason than they had two very tall African American guys and they felt that there were too many characters and so they let go one of the two tall black guys consequently he went on to play obama and he went on to do like have an unbelievable career wow um yeah probably the fast the fastest growing career of anybody in that movie oh wow and and he was let go Um, after being there for four weeks. But anyway, I hadn't seen him since then. And then lo and behold, we showed up on this movie and it was like, oh my God, there you are. We're both gonna be. And it was so lovely because it was like, 
oh my God, we're just, we're going to be in this thing. It's going to be super high intense scene. And there were other bits as well that got cut, but, um, and it's going to be with Tom Cruise. And you just thought, oh, this could get so stiff and awkward. And, um, but because I had uh, Parker Sawyers, um, uh, because he's, he's such a hilarious dude. Um, we were just laugh, 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 laugh. And then it was sort of like, oh, Tom's come to set. Hey guys, Tom's come to set. And, uh, <laughs> And, and Tom comes in and he's over our shoulder and, um, and he, and it was just so informal, but it was insane too, because it was sort of like, Hey guys, I'm Tom. Uh, any of you guys fly planes? No, no. Okay. Well, I do. I, uh, <laughs> I fly a lot of planes. Um, actually the DP flies planes and, uh, he flies planes. So you guys got any questions about planes? Uh, this is good. And then. I mean, the thing about that movie that was so intense, kind of wonderful, but also very intense was, I don't know what Tom's opinion of the film at that stage was, um, but he pretty much taken over control of the directing. So at some point, I don't know if he does this on, I, I don't think he probably does this with all his movies, mm -hmm. um, but certainly on this type of an action film. And in our scene, he was like, um, he literally said at some point, he was, he was saying to the director and to the DP, guys, guys, that's not the shot. Guys, this is the trailer. This is the trailer right here. So, and, and at some point he said to kind of everybody behind the camera, um, uh, guys, you're 16 years old. You're taking your first date to the movies. The lights go down. You got yourself a popcorn and a drink and the movie's coming up and you're next to the girl you've always wanted to go on a date with. That's what this movie is about. You know, he, and he thought about it and in a way, and so he was saying like, guys, that's not the shot. Show me the camera. No, 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 put the camera right there. Show me the monitor, show me the monitor. Down a bit, down a bit, over a bit. Okay, that's the shot, guys, that's the shot. And you could say, and he was very controlling with his co-lead, the actress, who's actually Chris Pine's girlfriend. Is she? Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and um, I mean, I think she did. She's a terrific actress, and I, I, I don't know what it was like, but you know, you always have the fear that some actor who's more senior than you is going to tell you what to do. And, right. Uh, well, in this case, you know, Tom was. I, I, and to his credit, you know, this is his genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the master you of know, this. Yeah. He, he knows this world. So, yeah. So when he's like, you know, they'd come in and rehearse the scene and then he'd turn to her and say, are you, are you going to stand there? Are you gonna, is that where you're going to stand? Uh, I think you need to stand here. I think you should probably stand right there. Probably would stand there. You know, and to certain actors, that would just be like, no, I'm not here. No. Yeah. You know, um, but I suspect... Uh, I, I imagine she's a very Annabelle Wallace. She's a very fine actress, um, and I suspect she was just, you know, probably reconciled the experience with. Well, I'm just going to try to learn something. Mm, like, mm. Let Tom do what he does because this is what he knows. And um, so, in, in many ways, it was weird. He was completely controlling, which I anticipate. Mm -hmm. um, incredibly high energy we we started shooting the scene we started rehearsing the scene he was just like nobody would say this nobody would say this get the right here get the right here okay guys we needed something like this we need something and we were about to shoot the scene and then nope 
writers were sent away, rewrite the scene completely, didn't believe any of the, any of the writing. Writers were sent away. Um, and then we came in to shoot it. And he told my bro- buddy Parker exactly how to say the lines. No, no, I'll say it like this. Like a line read. Uh, but is that what they call it? A line read? It, a line read, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. He gives every, I, <laughs> he almost gave, um, <sighs> but with, uh, uh, I, I, I was proud to say that with me, he, he, he didn't for some reason, God knows his motivations, but um, so it was kind of. It was intense. It was intense. It was intense. Um, Which you, it's always it's always intense, it's right? Always He's intense. just a fucking intense dude. Yeah, like, and, and, and even even in a rare glimpse, I saw in 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 an old interview somewhere too, where he said he struggled auditioning when he first moved out to Hollywood because everyone said he was too fucking intense. And I thought, wow, man. You, I mean. Because I love the intensity. That's his brand, right? That that's what's that's, um, and and yeah. So so um, wow, that's really fascinating. Yeah, the whole yeah. Um, stand here, like you. I wonder would he? I, I'm sure he would know where to draw the line if, like, he's sharing his scene with Daniel Day Lewis. For sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And when he was working with P.T. Anderson on... Uh, that's uh, the other one I was thinking of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where he plays that weird sales... Is he like a sales... Oh, T.J. Mackey, yeah. T.J. Mackey, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Which in Magnolia. Yeah, Magnolia. And, and Which is arguably one of his best performances as well, which is something to, to consider yeah 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 and brilliant casting uh, you know, he oh, he's the master yeah. yeah yeah and to put tom cruise in that role brought something to that role that i think very few people could have brought to that role right isn't um, that so fascinating like you're a hundred percent right and i just read an article the other day about that in that it's it's when he plays these roles out of left field that that he's actually most artistically loved. And you're like... Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. sure. I mean, I think it's because... I think you really have to appreciate the genre that he most often is in. Mm. Um, And maybe, you know, I, I, I think I would defer to those actors that have done, tried to do the films he's tried to do watch themselves, especially if they're really good actors, watch themselves back. And, you know, like ask a Daniel Craig, what do you think of Tom Cruise when he does Mission Impossible? I wouldn't be surprised if Daniel Craig, a very sophisticated actor, but who's playing an action hero, essentially, mm-hmm. in, in James Bond, is is whether or not he turns around and he goes, the guy's unbelievable at doing that thing what what that genre needs um <laughs> a few dishes so, in the background <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> just checking on whether or not the the little kid is well are you are yeah. you good yeah i'm good yeah 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 i think um, i think you're you're 100 percent right because he does exist in this um very unique realm where as everyone knows he's also the stunt guy and the and the technician and he's doing all this crazy shit which every other action hero actor is like all right stunt man goodbye like i'm out yeah (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, he lives for it. That's right. It's not just it's he. It's for him. It's so much more than just being an action movie actor. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's he's flying. He's flying those fighter jets, not just flying those fighter jets in the new Top Gun. He's doing crazy stunts in the fighter jets, um, you know. Yeah. All by himself, you know, just like nuts. Um, and uh, and yeah, I, I've got a lot of I've got a lot of respect for certainly him as a professional. And what I felt on that film was like, man, I loved him because he was talking his knowledge out loud mm-hmm. you know he was inst- instructing everybody but he was explaining to them why he was saying move the camera there right because instead of just do this shot. this is yeah. why people yeah 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 trust me and yeah. so for me it was like just listen listen yeah there's a shit you know there's a whole epic career of information and um and he will have and and i you know you get the impression he's studying He's studying films left, right, and center mm, to try mm. to figure out, you know, why does he know that that's the shot? Yeah, he decided, yeah. I'm going to do this film and this. He didn't need to do The Mummy, and it was a total bomb. But <laughs> he, know, he knows that that film is a popcorn Saturday night date movie. Yeah. So let's make that movie. Mm-hmm. He's probably studied the most famous kind of perfect films of that genre um so yeah i I, yeah nothing nothing but respect for him as intense as he is he's totally not my vibe but (laughs) (laughs) i imagine he would just be i mean like he's one of my all-time favorites and i um wonder about it a lot i just wonder like what's what's the go you know like if you were to sit down with him over a coffee would would you walk away going wow that was really great or just what the fuck like you know <laughs> i think a bit of both yeah i have a really good friend in england um a director named tom harper who's becoming f- very quickly a very big big name in the directing world he just did this movie called I think it's called The Aviators on Amazon it's their first in-house it was the one with um, um, don't you hate that it's about it's, it's about <laughs> hot air, air oh yeah yeah air with air. Eddie Redmayne Eddie Redmayne yeah 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 and, uh, Felicity yeah yeah um, G- yeah, Felicity. Felicity Jones. Yeah, 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 Felicity yeah. Jones. I haven't um, seen it. Aeronauts. Aeronauts. Sorry. Yes. Aeronauts. Yeah. I should know that. Sorry, Tom. Sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, Tom went to meet Tom Cruise at his house once, and I think at the time he was it, it was about a possible Richard Curtis film that maybe Tom Cruise was going to do. And so they went to pitch it to him. And it's in Utah or Colorado. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, That's right. yeah. Yeah, and they flew out there and it was like, you know, you get a window and while the meeting was happening, he was also, his assistant was bringing in new armor for <laughs> one of his films that was being tried on. So it was like, it was so intense. He was like 
talking to them about their Richard Curtis film, which is, you know, it's not yeah. an action movie. Um, and at the same time, trying on this like futuristic metal <laughs> armor. It's the, it, yeah. Oh, no. He's the real you deal. Know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's just doing it all, juggling a thousand things. And, and my friend Tom Harper came away kind of like, you know, he, he's, he seems both a madman and brilliant. Um, super knowledgeable his thoughts on the script were all well received you know there they were things worth considering and certainly considering his position on it he knows kind of he's had the biggest films flop and he's had the biggest films you know be a success Mm -hmm. um so um yeah so i i uh yeah all the power to him i think he's He's a seminal part of our industry, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. We've grown up with him and um, yeah. say what you will, say what you will. I mean, I think Alec Baldwin said it best to Howard Stern. He was like, you know what? People say whatever they want, man. But as far as I'm concerned, I haven't had as much fun as I've had working with him in the Mission Impossibles. And the level of shit that he is managing, if... Scientology is how he finds a way to manage it. Fucking go for it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. that's I don't care about that. All I can tell you is my experience yeah. on those films has been next level and incredible, and and I'll yeah. do it a million times over. So, and and I remember way back when Renee Zellweger won her Oscar, she thanked him for teaching her some, like you know, on, on, on Jerry Maguire. And I thought that kind of speaks volumes too, right? If you're thanking him in an Oscar speech that he's not even associated with pretty incredible. Yeah. 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 Very incredible. Um, so you're in New Zealand right now and I know that you can't go too much into all the rest of it, but, um, you've, you've landed, wait, can you talk about the, even the project you're working on before I, yeah, 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 yeah. I can say they've announced that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're in New Zealand right now. You're working on the first season of the Lord of the Rings TV show. Yeah. That's wild. It's a big one. That's yeah, th- big this one. your biggest. Yeah. I mean, the only other one would have been, I am the night. In yeah. Terms of, um, I mean, there's been some big, you know, big productions like Total Recall, even even Spectral was huge. Um, By the way, Total Recall, The Immortals. I fucking loved that film. And whoever naysayed it, I am, you're not a friend of mine anymore. My friend and I went and saw it and I thought it was so good. And that's where I first saw you. Um, and it's, it's so strange because I always remember that part of the film in the original and when you came on I was like oh my god I, I, I don't know I don't know how to explain it but I remember you from that part um, and I thought it was yeah, great it's kind of an odd thing yeah. it's like oh he's got he's got an ally yeah um, and you're nice in that film <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 I am nice in that um, that's what was interesting auditioning back in Canada casting in Canada was always I thought they were more interesting in that they would see me for a, a much nicer roles because they knew that, well, now we're presenting an interesting look for that very emotional, that very tender, that very complex emotional guy in that the face isn't a sweet face. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a kind of 
heavier um, face. Um, and so I just thought they, they presented me as options. And, and, and I often got cast against the way I've been cast. Right. Uh, um, it, which presented. is interesting. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, like the scale of the production is definitely as big as any of the shows. Um, and but the, the measure, the potential of the show and the expectation on the show and the. the it's massive. Kind of, yeah, to hear that it's the most expensive TV show ever made by Miles and to to know um, and then to come and to see that they've kind of, uh, you know, it, it, they've pulled the best of the best from around the world to, to work on it and, and covered every single department. It's just got the best of the best. And, and, and you know, uh, my kid goes to a daycare here and we befriended um, the parents of it. And lo and behold, his, this other kid's dad is the graphic designer on our show, meaning he'll do a lot of the kind of... Um, Concept art type stuff or... Crests. Or he'll do like crests or emblems or whatever. Oh, okay. Wow. Like if you you were in a cop station, anything on the walls is going to be designed by him. Um, He is a graphic designer who's worked in... um, But he was saying he's... And he's worked on the film industry for quite a while. But even hearing it from his perspective, purely from the design perspective, he's like, I've never seen such a collection of artists and we have a scene where a mask is being designed um for somebody to wear mm-hmm. and i see the two people working on the mask and i'm like i recognize those two people and then somebody goes oh did you know those are the two people that did pan's labyrinth and i'm like and they won the Academy Award, right? Fucking like, hell. They won the Academy Award. And there are these two beautiful Spanish people, just pure artisans, crafting sculptures out of clay, essentially, sitting in a thing. And and you're just like, wow, you brought in everybody. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so that kind of, that size of it. But what's wonderful is because Lord of the Rings is something like the fifth most valuable intellectual property in the world or something. And they've kind of, because we're not doing, uh, you know, any part of, I, I think it's, that's well-known public knowledge that we're not, that the Tolkien estate didn't allow us to do anything that's ever been done. Right. So we can't do Lord of the Rings, the movies. We can't do The Hobbit. Mm-hmm. You know? um, we can only do other stuff. Um, so there's a lot of unknown in it, and the cast is relatively unknown. You know, there's no which is huge, great, which is amazing. Yeah, I, I I can't say enough about the cast um, because for a lot of them. I don't know how many seasons I'll go, but there's certainly uh, many characters who absolutely, because of the legendarium, know that they're in it for the whole. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. They're in it for the whole mm-hmm. thing. Um, but, um, uh, and so those, so, and, and a lot of those actors are very young. It's it's a very young cast. They're they're young in the legendarium, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they're young in the history, and 
And it's quite beautiful to see these, like, really, like, I cannot, I've worked with so many different actors from so many different corners of the world. And this is such an amazing collection of beautiful, down-to-earth, amazing people. Who knows? They could all be prima donnas in the next two seasons. But right now, they're these, and and it's really moving to watch them because a lot of them, you know, some of them literally stepped out of theater school. Some of them got cast while they were doing their final shows in theater school. Yeah, one of the guys from my agency, I think, literally stepped out of WAPA and and, um, got the audition and... There he is. I don't. I don't know his name, but um, I. It's it's a new agency for me. But when we were discussing me coming on board, it was. It's actually what we're working on right now is like a, a proof of archetype or or a scene that we've been working on to film and what have you, so that that I might get an audition for the next season coming through. And she was talking about having a little inside line on. Um, the types of people that were getting roles out there and that, that they use that example of he just literally walked out of school. And um, and one of the interesting things that she shared with me too was that in terms of what they were being told by by the production, in, if they were going to cast Australians, uh, what their dialect would be. And they want... Um, uh, they don't want RP, which was the sort of thing that every Australian would go to. They want um, a kind of Martin Freeman sound from Australians. And if they want um, the Queen's English or posh or whatever, then they'll cast out of Britain directly and all this kind of stuff. And they don't want the northern of, um, and this could be all bullshit, you might be able to confirm this, um, of Game of Thrones from Australians, which might be the other place you go to. And I thought that was very fascinating as well. It's 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 interesting to see these inside lines, how they... yeah structure it yeah I mean I think there's I don't know I don't know how I don't know how consistent they are I mean I don't know I don't know there's how much I would be concerned about the inside details of that but I came out of Britain and you know I I live in London normally so um, I, I was doing something. I auditioned uh, a, a neutral RP accent, mm-hmm. a neutral accent, um, and I'm doing something completely different. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that, you yeah. Know, um, it's still within the UK. The, the it's still yeah. in that part of the world's dialects, but um, so. Um, can I- but but at the same time, I, I do. I've, I've felt since we got here that they're not overly concerned with accents because you know they know they're producing this for the big wide general audience, the global. That's global interesting. Audience. Yeah, and so I think you know they're they're, they're ha- they, the two creators are absolutely brilliant, um, like proper brilliant dudes. Um, Giant, they're twin towers. They're each like six four or something <laughs> insane. Um, and they've been best friends since high school, I think. And they pitched this, and they wanted, and they like they know everything. I mean, one of them particularly speaks fluent Elvish, <laughs> I mean, fluent Elvish, and not just that. They both kind of already. They've come to understand what is Tolkienian, 
language. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you improvise something or if you say, you know, maybe my character might say something like this. If they think it's an idea, they'll go away and then they'll come back at you with a, a rewriting of the line that is absolutely it's like they just went away and wrote Shakespearean English and brought it back to you. And um, so it's quite mind blowing. So you feel in really good hands. And I feel like they have such a clear idea of who people are and who characters are that they've, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not a deep study of Tolkien's universe. Mm-hmm. So the idea that they picked this guy for that character, um, but I must say, having read the scripts now, I'm very impressed by the casting. It's not obvious. It's not, it's kind of unknown, but man, for the most part, has every single actor just been like, oh my God, that's a brilliant casting. Wow, wow. That actor brings something, you know, a quality. And I think that, I I think that really lends itself, uh, you know, to that whole thing about, for me, like when I auditioned for this, it was such a gift because I, I wasn't, um, I, I was going to be a kind of role that I don't always get. And, and I knew I had shades of that in me. And so it was just that perfect circumstance to remind yourself, like, get out of your own way. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, no actor ever got cast because they were the best actor. <laughs> they got cast because they got out of their own way. They allowed themselves to be seen Mm -hmm. in that character. And so when it came down to it, I mean, you still got to be a good actor. You got to know how to drive a scene and play your beats and not generalize and listen and respond and all the notes about acting. Mm -hmm. You got to have that. But when you're being considered for a series regular, especially, um, or, or any real part, I think. Um, and it's hard when you get into this fantasy stuff. And I auditioned a number of times for Game of Thrones, and I feel like I, there was never a part that was quite suited to me. Mm-hmm. But I also think I'm, I'm misjudged. Right. And, and, and maybe tried to reach to be something that I kind of... That, that is actually something that the costume, the car, the costume, the horses, the the lighting, the script, the language did to that, you know, dress that actor. Mm-hmm. But in fact, that actor, if you'd seen them in their plain clothes civvies in some bland casting room doing their audition, you'd be kind of like, Right. that's what he did yeah, yeah, and then you kind of look and you go oh it is the same performance it's just completely yeah. done up and and so like in this without thinking about too much because this scene was coded the names weren't the same there's no telling what kind of character it was it was just a situation because um, they really want to get a sense of your brand right and just where can we slot this person yeah, I think I think a little because I'd auditioned for Lord of the Rings like five months earlier. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, earlier on, I can't even remember what I might have auditioned for. Um, um, but anyway, in this one, I just decided to get out of my own way and just play. Uh, I'm deeply just try to 
sit comfortably in it and really just be present with the casting director and and speak to her and play with her and you know and 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 try to use whatever my objectives were try to actually succeed with her mm-hmm. that casting director in the room right there and then basically doing everything I could to kind of just allow myself to be seen and and then that's totally out of your hands then you know in a way what you're saying is I trust myself to be a good enough actor and now I leave it to you to decide whether uh, Dylan's I'm your guy yeah I'm your guy because yeah. God knows how many people you're looking for on this guy and and you know and yeah so it's, it's like it's you know luck is not luck doesn't even cover people say I'm lucky it's like so it, it, you know it's it's huge amount of luck there's a huge amount of training and a huge amount of work and you've got to have certain things but at the end of the day you, I mean you can't be more lucky than to be cast in something because they literally sat with probably 20 actors all brilliant actors mm-hmm. all really interesting choices for that particular role and at the end in pairing me up with somebody else who I'm going to probably be in the scene with and maybe somebody else who's a bigger role than me but I have to you know Perpet- look like the, that person yeah yeah and, and and yeah carry that 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 plot line along in in such a way that it gives it sets it up for the next big thing that's happening and yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. or or I'm related to somebody and they've already cast that person right got to look like that person I mean literally because <laughs> that can know, be the um, one that gets people over the line too right it's like oh but he I mean everyone's gonna believe that person just by looking at them so the job is done yeah, we can take care of the rest or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, and I was lucky. You know, there were some actors who went through, and they were the ones in some of the biggest roles. Um, they went through hell and high water to get the parts. Right, they, right. They literally traveled. They shot huge scenes. They needed constant reapprovals from Amazon further and further up the chain. And then there were some of us who did one audition, uh, I think a month, maybe even six weeks later, got told you're in the running, got told the next couple of days you're being submitted to Amazon for approval, and then you got the part. So it, it just goes to show that, like, I mean, it, and there's a number of us who had that experience. You did one audition and you got the part. And to me, that says everything that these guys know what they're looking for. Yeah. They know what they're yeah. looking for. And I've heard, I have friends on other shows with Amazon and they've said that having shot with Amazon and their further, their shows are done a first season. Like I have a friend on Hunters um, that's done its first season. And he was saying, you know, that the word on Amazon is they're really artist friendly. They're set up right now as to like, if we vet you and you guys are the creators and you're the director. Do it. Now it's yours. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Hunters yeah. is great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so, so you had like one or two auditions for this and, and they were in the room? Yeah, the first one was with an assistant. 
Um, way back when, I think that was probably just a really loose casting net. Um, and I, I think that one was done. I can't even remember what that audition was, to be honest. I have no idea. I, I've been really, I've tried to rack my brain to kind of go, which part <laughs> was that for? Um, but it was so coded. And then months later, like months, four months later, at least six months later even, um, I got an audition for this in November. Yeah, one audition. And went in with the casting director to read. Um, it was lovely that it was her on that day. Um, and actually, I have no idea, but actually our kids went to the same sing and sign class. Wow. And and I hadn't seen her in ages. I hadn't auditioned for her in ages and hadn't seen her in ages. And she came up to me and she was like, hey, Dylan. And um, and I was like, oh, hey, hey, how's it going? But, you know, I, well, like, you know, she just, I, I, we'd done an entire class without me recognizing her. And I just being the dad in the corner with my kid and I love my kid and maybe something in that mm-hmm. perked her brain and went, Oh, wait a second. Maybe, maybe he'd be an interesting audition for that. You never know. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Um, there's a great, you know, I mean, I, I get in the room with her, so it's not like that got, but, but you know, God knows these people like, how do you get into casting directors' minds' eyes? Right, right, right. A hundred percent. It can be just a myriad of things that that gets you over the line, and then it's just that that. You, I just thought about this when you were talking before about you know doing all your prep and doing it right and acting well and being this and being that, but there's also this like the same as when you're writing a story. How do I? make the audience emotionally engaged and if you're in the room and you're able to engage the casting director emotionally they'll never forget you mm. you know mm. and and that shouldn't be your objective because then it, it that needs to be the unspoken thing that just happens by doing doing it right or being like you said getting out of your own way and letting your brand your thing come out I think that's probably when I when I get a bit lost in it all and I'm scared of when I see something great and I can't fathom ever doing something that great or or you know because I'm at, I'm at such the the beginning stages you know I've had two lead roles and two feature films and that's that's pretty much the extent of it and I've written a bunch of things and they're all very very independent you know like I have a film coming out on Ozflix next month which is like at the end of this month which is you know for me it's massive but in the the grand scheme of it is small so when I get really anxious about do I have the goods? That's what I fall back on is just, um, just, just, you know what, man, whatever comes to you, as long as you know, you're prepared, let that be the thing. And just, and then you let them decide from there. And that, that'll be the, the way, the way through it. And you'll be able to uphold that too, right? If you're, if you're not trying to chase the tail of something or, or a trend or, or be an entertainer, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we are, you know, I think we forget sometimes because especially as we move more and more into self-tapes, like we are performing artists mm. and that's, and, and, 
And so it's really hard because you do training, especially if you do theater training, you come from a classical conservatory. Um, you know, you, you study the craft, the craft, the craft, the craft, which is all the prep, the prep, the prep, the prep. And, and then you study performance and you learn how do I do a show? And then if you're lucky enough and, and you get out and you do theater, then how do I do a show for four weeks, eight weeks, months, over and over and start at the beginning and actually only in sort of getting a laugh one night, trying to do that again to get the laugh the second night, then falling on your face and going, oh, that's not how I get that laugh again. Oh shit, I've lost that laugh. And then you forget about it like th four shows down and then the next, you, because you've completely forgotten about it five shows later, you, you just kind of bump into the moment and you laugh again and suddenly something drops and you go, oh, it's, it's when I'm not prepared. It's nothing I can <laughs> right. do. In fact, I can't. I have to extract myself out of any cognizance of what's about to happen and just sort of bump into it and then it'll happen. Um, but, you know, we're performing artists and I think it's hard. Like, self-tape world is hard, man. You gotta like, you gotta somehow ignite like I was saying to you in our phone call before like big thing for me was to dare to be bad in this and you know I showed up at the first table read which was scheduled to be a um, a working read with the director and so I was like great you know what I'm going to do I'm really going to risk this time it was also compounded by the fact that we weren't shown any scripts you know so heavily NDA weren't shown any scripts mm -hmm. um, had only found out a you like a week before we were going to do this table read what my um you know what my character's name uh, what accent i was in <laughs> wow. um, and then uh and then we were gonna have this table read working with the director who i'd met very briefly and i'd also shown up and sort of discovered that maybe my part wasn't as big as i thought it was right you know, it was, it was, I was really servicing another character's part mm -hmm. is how I perceived it at that moment. And so there's a little bit of a like, oh God, it's another one of these parts. It's never as big as I hope it's going to be, blah, 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 kind of going on. But, mm -hmm. it, um, but I went to the first table read going, you know what, I'm going to start at neutral. I'm going to start neutral. I don't want to make any decisions. I want to just hear what everybody's doing, see where we are and just beat it out and then just like wait for my inspiration. Where's my inspiration gonna come from? What's gonna come? I have ideas about the structure that I talked with the other actors who I'm playing my scenes mm -hmm. with about stuff and we'd gotten into it and it was great. But I went to the first table read and there's like limousines pulling up as <laughs> our driver dropped a few of us actors off, got in, there was like massive catering three high-powered cameras, microphones on every single table, um, pen pads, <laughs> scripts were brought, things. The two creators got up and gave seminal speeches about like, and so begins the journey <laughs> of Lord of the Rings. And I'm like, what part of this is a hard-ass, you know, roll up your sleeves working session with the director? Oh shit, you guys want, you guys want a performance. And I just, it's so, I'm a total people pleaser. I'm a Canadian people pleaser. Right. So I'm like polite on polite on yeah, polite. Yeah, you are. And 
Yeah, I am completely so. Um, so I show up and I just, I, I don't know why. I think I, I'm trusting myself more as an actor, but I just kind of decided, I just kind of didn't do anything with it. And it was supposed to be funny. And I didn't do anything with it. And afterwards, I came home to my wife and I said, I think I might get fired. <laughs> and she's never heard me say that. But I was like, I think I might get fired. And um, <laughs> Oh, no, what a night. <laughs> and, uh, and then we kept working on it. I, I wasn't bothered by it. I didn't get upset by it. Um, I wasn't bothered by it. And then lo and behold, the next day, got called into the director's office. And, um, and, uh, me and another actor and, um, got called in the director's office and he was like, guys, it's just, it's broad. It's broad. It's funny. You got You just got to play the funny on it. And this went against everything that we'd been told and this and that and this and that. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. So all of my sort of the integrity work that we're doing, but really you got to sound this puppy out. Mm-hmm. And, and because I still was like, I refused to get nervous by the event of this production. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I think started to be a bit sort of... Um, I was pushing back a bit against the kind of potential pressure of it all. Um, I We went to the next table read two days later, which was for Amazon. Now all of Amazon executives showed up <laughs> to hear the read. And, you know, this was being recorded. And you know this is going to be on some DVD extra features. It's like the first read of the first couple of months. Wow. And, um, and so I... The, the style that they were looking for wasn't lost on me, having come from British, going to British theatre school, mm-hmm. growing up around, you know, theatre from around the UK and Ireland and stuff. And um, so that kind of style of theatre that they were sort of, I think, looking for me, I was able to play more easily. And so I went and did it. And made sure to get the laughs I got the laughs but then but then that same attitude carried me into the shooting of it and not the negative attitude but the kind of this thing I was talking to you about daring to be bad because what I'd started to think was man the amount of shows that I had done where I had stuff planned and I knew I wanted to do stuff. The amount of auditions that I'd had stuff on, but mainly shooting. And essentially I was trying to push something into something I'd planned and prepared and I was trying to push it into the confines of a give it, you know, they were controlling everything and I was trying to squeeze it in. Whereas this time I was like, nothing. I've worked out some stuff. We've got the accent sorted. I figured out a couple of things. Uh, I got nothing. I got nothing. (laughs) Show up on set and start pissing around, like start playing. Because to be fair, like there's some levity in my character. Right. Start start playing, um, but stay loose. Stay loose, loose, loose. 
spontaneous, throwing suggestions out. I've never thrown so many suggestions out. I've never had so many suggestions accepted. Wow. Because I would, tr- because I would try them. Um, and, and I think that when, and it was sort of like, yeah, I'm a performing artist. You, when you say action, if I'm not stuck in my prep, you know, all of that play, they didn't give me a spot at theater school because I could show what a diligent actor. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, they gave me because in that audition for that theater school on that day, they saw something come to life mm-hmm. and they go, because ultimately it's about the performer, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so. That's where I think, it, you know, whether it be an audition or whether it be on set, I think we have to remember that we are, you know, we're live performers. That's what we do. And that audition is a live moment with that casting director. And so we've got to kind of embrace that stuff um, and remember that we are these, we're live performers. And and I do think, like I was saying about Chris Pine, you know, the guy would come up with stuff, little gestures, moves, just easy physicality, looks, thought, you know, Mm -hmm. stuff was happening because, I mean, he's in a good position and he's feeling confident about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's got all that. He's just started a production company with the director. Yeah, yeah. He's got, he's Um, got, he's got wiggle room. Yeah, he's got wiggle room. He can make, he can dare to be bad, you know. Yeah. but that was my thing is like, I'm so afraid of being bad that I can't be good. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I'm so afraid of being bad that I'm not really being magical. Right. And, and, and what is that sparkle dust that makes performances timeless? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you get that? And I'm not saying this is the only way, but it certainly started to make me go when it's time to sh- to shoot or when it's time to audition and press that record button, you gotta be, here we go. Something's gotta happen. Mm-hmm, and, so, mm-hmm. and I think, and, and then I think that also lends itself to more of you coming out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cause it's not some idea of the character that you're trying to present. Now it's, it's you performing. Yeah. 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 Inside you're, the you're given, given circumstances you know, and, and yeah, what have you. the given circumstances yeah. and, and everything. But but now we really get to see something that's uniquely you, just in, inextricably you and nobody else. And that's like, that's really what casting wants. They don't want to see what you think they're looking for. Mm. They want to see what you bring because then they can make a choice. But if everybody's sort of somewhere in some, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you see, you see it with young actors who kind of all want to somehow emulate De Niro and Pacino, <laughs> and you kind of, and you, you know, I, I learned doing a, a my a, um, a method course with this amazing old guy Jack Walzer. Sort of dawned on me of like, oh, why those guys became so defined in what they did. Um, and it was their their training was so heavily lent on, so heavily leaned into play your objective, let the obstacle hit you, and when the obstacle hits you, 
behavior is born. Wow. Because all you're doing is playing your goddamn objective. You're playing, mm-hmm. your, you're going after. So we did this exercise in Jack Welch's class where we'd have to stack a card, a house of cards. Mm-hmm. And he'd be like, you got 30 seconds and he'd give you a reason. Like you'd have to give it, you'd talk with him about finding a reason that you could kind of connect into that really mattered to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then somebody would come in the door and it would be something like they need to borrow your car because they have to get uh, out to the airport because their parent who was about to go on a holiday just had a heart attack at the airport and they have to get out there and see them because apparently it's like find something that works for them. Mm-hmm. So, so, and, and what that what I started to realize that what was going on and when it worked best was that person coming in the door says, I need your car keys. I got a, you know, best friends, the brothers, even whatever. I need your car keys. I got to go out and get mom. And the person building six is like, I, you cannot do not talk to me right now. I need to get this done because and the highest of high stakes both. And as soon as those two things start to interact, holy shit, you start to watch people's behavior. Because the behavior is born about trying to overcome an obstacle. And so when you see De Niro and Pacino's, they, they just became so... And, and what, so what, what I understood is they play their objectives so hard, they let the obstacle hit them and impact them so much that so much of them comes out. And so their performances become so stamped with their mark Mm -hmm. and we remember it for all time because it's just it's so human it's so iconic but it's also so their reactions are so them yeah are so them and so the idea of anybody else trying to do a bit of De Niro or a bit of Pacino is ridiculous Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because that's sort of a great tragedy you'll see people you love but you will never do it the same as them but you will do it uniquely like you. Yeah, yeah. And and it's trying to find that, you know. Um so that's quite incredible, right? Like after all of these years to seemingly from what I'm what I'm hearing you talk about is you're really really now finding your groove and your belief in what you your instincts, right? Like cuz that's the thing that we're ultimately all chasing, right? Is to believe our own instincts as a as a professional performer like you say um and have them work right like in, inside that that so when you're reading that script and you're there at that giant table read or in the room with the powers to be that your instincts are why you've got the job not 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 how you're playing the written but how you're playing the unwritten and 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 knowing your genetic legacy like we were talking about before mm-hmm. and um th- yeah that, that I, I mean i've as as most actors i imagine coming up and still to this day you're looking for those little nuggets that that permeate and what you said before about chasing your objective so fiercely and with such intent that when it when the obstacle hits you acting being reacting and all of, all of that I've, I've never heard anyone put it like that before and and to be honest with you 
I've always struggled with understanding how to play my objective or how to do it. And that actually shines a, a, a real light of clarity on it for me. Um, mm. So I love that. That's that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and it's a hard thing. Like, it's a lot easier to say than to do. And I'll mm. be the first to admit to that. Um, and I think, yeah, I think I've got some... I look forward to a part where, you know, the stakes, uh, you know, the stakes are, but I, I mean, no, I can think about it even in my character in this and it's actually, you know, it, it, it will be, I, I will try to write that on, unfortunately we're not given hard copies of script, so <laughs> I can't write it on the script, but, uh, you know, I'll try to pin it on my wall as a reminder that no matter what it is, um, is is to really to keep trying to is to keep trying to play that and start at the beginning and and, and also just that thing of like I think it's also because I grew up in film both my parents were filmmakers in Canada wow and so I've always been overly possibly aware of the whole thing and I PA'd and third AD'd for a little while as a young man just so I could be on some of the sets of my dad mm -hmm. to see him and um, I used to live in Canada so, actually by the way oh, oh yeah? yeah I lived for a year out in Banff in a little small town oh, nice. called Strathmore outside of uh, Calgary working in the oil patch and Oh, wicked. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah, back in the day. You're it's from intense. Montreal, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah it's a I, I love yeah. Canada. It's a great place. So I'll just yeah, throw that in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, so, so I think in a way, like, I was always aware of all the work that everybody else was doing on set, you know, and so in a way it was kind of hard and, and also just generally I was not somebody that was good at claiming his space you know and I and I and I saw lots of examples of other actors who claimed their space on sets or on stage or in general by like trying to consume up everybody else's space. right you know like I've got to be loud and, and you can tell they're just working out nerves they're just yeah. they're actually terrible ter yes um, but they've turned it into some kind of <clears throat> behavior or they've turned it into like I'm like super you know I'm just crazy man and I'm just you never know what I'm going to do and I'm just going like oh, you know I'm just I'm loose I'm wild I'm wild I'm unpredictable and you're just like <laughs> you're very predictable actually <laughs> you're very you're actually very predictable <laughs> yeah. and very leaky you're very leaky like take care of your own shit. Um, <laughs> but so I think you know there's a balance it, it, it's a beast of an it's a beast of a medium uh, on which to be a performing artist um, because you know as I tell young actors like you know I, I consider film acting a bit like you know having to perform for the scope of a sniper rifle in the sense that you've got this like you know, from your from your perspective as an actor, there you are, and there, like in a show like this, you know, there's minimum 500 crew members on set. It's epic. There's three 45 techno jib, 45 foot techno jibs. There's set dressing for as far as the eye can see. Tons of extras, and some massive sweeping shot, and two cameras turning, cutting, and sweeping. And there's a massive lead in until the camera eventually sort of set on you and it's like and then go I'm like, you know go and and 
And I, I think I was so conscious of like, you know, that caused me to hold my breath metaphorically, yeah, literally, yeah. probably a little bit, you know. And so how do you, how do you just buzz out in and I think it's helped to be getting you know I won't of course it's helped that I've gotten a series lead a series regular role not a series lead a series regular role it helps that everybody on this is more or less a known name Mm -hmm. all very talented and that there's a sense of we're all beginning and creating something together and it's kind of it's for all of us. There's a unity there. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, there's a real ensemble and there's a real... So the circumstances are definitely... Favourable. And I'm one of the oldest. That helps as well. Yeah. You do naturally Uh, assume a hierarchical sort of placement when you're the oldest in the crew, you know, like on, on, on a very... Of course, this is a funny thing that I thought to myself before doing this, you know, you and I spoke and I talked about the, the, the kind of standard guest that I have on here is that this podcast is, um, you know, hosted by someone who is the person who they're talking to. There's a bit of a disparity between our experience levels, but I can only make my, uh, try and draw some kind of, without sounding like a total prick, um, similarities in that when I used to do student films, because I didn't come to acting till I was 32, 33. So the only place I could find confidence in an area I was terrified. I mean, I, you know, auditioning for my first student film, I was fucking losing my mind in the car out the front. You know what I mean? It's a fucking student film. But where I found confidence was to, in what you just said was that I was going to be the oldest on set. And that, and I wasn't, just naturally, I wasn't going to be intimidated by a bunch of 18 year olds and so you we grab it wherever the fuck you can yeah <laughs> absolutely 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 and you know i think i think the way you think about art you know and the way you think about what you do and performance i think that's you know you're either switched on and you're either interested in it you're either a listener and you either believe that you always got something to learn and you either are somebody that is not a you know not so insecure that they push i got this i know Mm -hmm. this i know you know uh, uh, you know so i've i've always been curious i've always i i want to find my confidence and find my ease but i don't ever want to pretend I know and and would love to keep learning and I'm so aware of all the things I'd like to be able to do better as an actor and like to try more and you know and all that and I don't think that's changed Mm -hmm. you know I'll never forget working with an actor named Bruce what's his name and he's in absolutely he played JFK in his series or in a I think he played JFK in a in a very famous film, he might have been nominated, but he's in lots of films with. He was in. He was the main general in Spectral. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't place his face, but I'm trying to think of JFK. Yeah. Um, no, but it wasn't that JFK. It was a different. Or was it? No, it wasn't. It wasn't JFK. I think it was another film. 
He got a huge. He's in everything. He's in Meryl Streep movies. He's in. He's just. He's a guy. He's a Canadian actor who shows up in absolutely everything. I mean, like his his thing. And I remember being on set with him in Spectral, and some of those guys came from theater. Um, all a lot of them very very good actors. But I just remember, and it was Spectral. It wasn't like hugely challenging script. But at some point, he was asking me. We were talking about stuff and we, we were all sort of giving opinions on the stuff and I started to express some ideas about it. And eventually he just sort of took to my way of thinking about a scene. And so he started to sort of be like, so what do you think about this scene? Even if I'm like, I was just like a stand around guy, right. you know, but what do you think about the scene? And what do you, what do you think of the character? And I kind of, and we, we got into it. And I think you kind of realize that like, you know, I, again, it's always that we 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 have we have stronger ideas than we think we do. We know more than we do. I think you hit the uh, nail on the head. You about- hit the absolute yeah. nail on the head. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I yeah. it is something that I every now and then when it happens, it gives me a lot of confidence when I go, oh shit, I actually do know what the fuck I'm talking about, and maybe I do have something to say, and I won't be so nervous next time, and. I have actually been, you know, in terms of photography, I mean, I remember, you know, standing in front of 15 people to to direct an editorial, you know, and I'd been in it 15 years, you know, and I'm a bit nervous or whatever. And then someone comes to me and says, well, what do you think about what this? And I'm like, okay, so what's happening here is we're going to do this. I'm like, oh, shit, I actually, you know, yeah, yeah, they're, they're exactly. nice little moments. Exactly. You should grab hold of them because they'll serve you well if you, if you can without, you know, and there's no, there's no um, arrogance in that. You need it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You need, and in fact, that's the thing that allows you to kind of, I think, keep learning in a healthy way, right? Right. Like I'm, I'm shit. I don't. No, nah, that's I'm just not. so destructive. It's bullshit. You know, when people yeah. say, "Oh, I don't," you know, "I don't, I don't like what I did. I hate my work." I'm like, "Well, why the fuck are you doing it?" Like, love yeah. what you do. You know, do the film, write the thing that you want to watch, shoot the thing that you want to watch act in the thing that you would watch and then you will always always be a healthy yeah. actor and 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 you'll have this pure body of work i, I that's how i yeah. think about it anyways yeah no totally 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 um i think um, you've yeah. got uh, um uh, where we're rounding down to to time for you i think and uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you have any last questions man i mean i get a million questions um but uh, I, th- I hope I hope that we will have a part two. But I know that it's uh, you're in New Zealand and time's ticking on. So you've been more than more than uh, gracious and, and humble with your but time. Yeah, let's let's do a part two in, in uh, maybe in a week or so, a couple of weeks. Oh, or I would. I'd love to. I'd love to do part two. I love talking about this stuff. Yeah, I could. I till till I'm blue in yeah. the face, man. I fucking <laughs> love it so yeah. much. I, I, I will say this in closing. There was this. It has served me really, really well, and I heard it again in a podcast today, um, and I and I hold on to it quite strongly because even this podcast, um, I hate to break it to you, it doesn't have a huge audience. Hopefully, hopefully, it will. I hope that it does one day soon. And and just like acting, you go through a a, a, a cycle of doubt and confidence, and doubt and confidence, and and what have you, and why am I doing this and would anyone listen and blah, 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 because this, this, you know, as I, as I said to you before, you are a unique guest in, in terms of my, my standard guest, but I was listening to Dax Shepard. I don't know if you ever, oh, I love him. Right. Love Incredible. Him. 
Pass. Incredible. Pass, and yeah. just, and, and not to sound like that sort of um, big, you know, idolizing fan, but I do, sh- I do find a lot of similarities in the way that he perceives life in my you know there's only a couple of years between us maybe four years between us or something like that and obviously our experiences are different but he said you know when he first started the podcasting and I heard him say this around the time that I was about maybe 10 episodes in um and decided I wasn't going to do any prep for for podcasts. And then I heard him say that Chris Hardwick, I think, had said to him, don't do any prep, you know, just just fucking roll with it and mold with it and, and, and it will teach you how to listen better and how to mm. respond better and stay engaged better. And, and, and I heard him again say that today in a podcast. And uh, I don't know, even know why I started this tangent. I've got so connected to what I was saying. I lost where we started with this. But it, well, it ties in. It ties into exactly what we were saying yeah. in terms of you trust your, your, you're trusting yourself more and more to run with whatever's thrown at you. And that, and that you can keep it going. You can keep the ball in the air and you can keep it entertaining and that you will come back with a question. You're proving to yourself that if you don't prep, you still are, you're, you're probably more so going to come up with a question that actually inspires your guests. Well, there's necessity there, right? And you're not surprised by any of the answers because you don't, you are surprised by all the answers because you don't know them already. I, I love that because I have a terrible attention attention span and it's not because I'm not interested there's the, there are there are a couple of things that I can stay connected to for as long as they run and it doesn't matter how long they run for and then the rest I'm fucking gone so so like you know yeah, it's to my yeah. wife's great frustration <laughs> but I but but like I, that's why you said that's how I connect because we were talking about talking about this till we're blue in the face um, I really, really can. Um, anyways, yes, I really appreciate you taking yeah. the time to do this, man. I, no, I, it's my pleasure, man. This, I, it's good that you're doing it. This is, yeah, this it's is really nice. It's a really nice podcast. It's very nice to talk about it, and it's um, and they're really good questions, and it's yeah, it's fun. You know, it's fun to reflect on on a career. I've had a couple of incidents recently where I've I've been able to kind of reflect back on it and it's quite it's as I was saying to you in the earlier phone call it's kind of I I, I think it's it's so cool to realize that you you, you've just kept learning and that you're still you know somebody's asking you about stuff and you're only at you're just at a new chapter and and ever (laughs) writing itself novel the novel is just still being written and so um so it's very cool. Yeah, it's very cool to speak with you about it. Thank you, man. I, I appreciate your yeah. kind words and, and and your time. And yeah, this has been a real treat. Yeah, cool. Thanks, brother. Lovely. Yeah, okay. We'll talk yes, soon. Yes, please. Okay. Take care. Okay. Bye.